0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to uh, that place. I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach this morning. I was singing too hard. It was good. It was good. As we begin, let's open our Bibles right off the bat. James chapter 1. We're going to continue reading a little bit here. And um, We've got some... Uh, James is hard. Oh boy. It's heavy-duty stuff, but it's good. It's good. He's got important stuff to say to us here. Uh, but Let's open our Bibles to James chapter 1 and let's read together, starting in verse 19. We're going to see what James has for us today. He says this. He says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after the widows and the orphans in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Amen. There's a lot there this week in this passage. Some huge things for us to be digging into together this morning. Huge ideas. Important ideas. And I'm excited to see what God's going to challenge you with in your heart today. I know I've been challenged as I've been preparing this week. James is asking us some big questions in this passage. Are you listening? Are you doing? Do you see? Do you care? How then Should we live? This morning we're continuing our journey through the book of James, and as we're kind of coming to the end of our ministry year, looking at the the faithfulness, the consistency, the steadfast love and mission of God, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We looked at his presence in the Old Testament, his presence with Jesus, his presence with the church, and now we want to see how he is present here with us today, what he is calling us to, what this gospel-transformed life is supposed to look like. God has spoken. Jesus is risen. His Spirit is here, so... What do we do? As we explored last week, James was actually the brother of Jesus. And he brings this fascinating and unique perspective to following him. He grew up with Jesus. He saw him as a child and he grew and changed in his understanding of who and what his brother was as his life went on. Until he came to believe and know that Jesus is God. And James not only became a disciple, but he was one of the really important leaders in the early church, helping to shape and mold the teaching and direction of the church as they stepped into this mission and ministry that God had for them together, spreading the gospel and planting churches all over the world. And here, near the end of his life, he writes this letter to encourage and challenge this church that he has spent so many years helping to lead as they move forward beyond the lives and the the teaching of the first apostles and disciples and into this new era in the life of the church. James has been teaching and leading for over 30 years at this point, And he wants to these believers who are scattered over the earth to be faithful, to be confident, to be holy and true. To live in a way that reveals and communicates the truth of the gospel to the world around them with their words, with their actions, with their mission together. James believes in the power of the church filled with and led by the Spirit. Bringing the good news of Jesus to the world. And he wants us to be strong, to be ready to work together. And so he says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. All through this book, James is hugely concerned with Believers being corrupted by the world, by the temptations and the natural inclinations of our sinful hearts. All through this letter, he talks about our behavior, the things we do, the choices we make, the things that we are drawn toward, that we hunger for. And he wants us to see the dangers there, to see just how deep of an impact even small sins can have, or at least small as we see them. And he starts here with unity and humility, that we should listen and hear one another, submit to the word, not give in to our anger, to walk together, to learn together. Because look at the way he frames this first point. Be quick to listen, slow to become angry. It's just about patience, right? But he connects it immediately, directly to our behavior, to the things we allow into our lives that can hurt us and cause us to stumble and fall. Be quick to listen, slow to become angry. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. Isn't that an interesting connection? Why does one follow the other in his mind? And then how do we do that? Flee from sin. Purify your heart and your life. Allow the word planted in you to change you. Again, we talked last week about pursuing holiness and and how easy it is for us to become lazy in our journey with Jesus, to compromise, to get comfortable, to allow sin to creep into our lives just because it's easier sometimes. Or we worry that we'll make people uncomfortable if we choose to live a certain way. But sin matters. And we have to be careful. We always qualify things at this point with statements like, and we're not going to be perfect. No one is perfect. We're going to try our best. But Jesus was. And it's what we should strive for. Not just excuse it away. Get rid of all the moral filth from your life. And even as I say that, I know you are thinking of something immediately. I know I am. We know what we have allowed into our life, what temptations we indulge. And we try to pretend is no big deal. But we can't do that. Because this is too important. And these things are directly connected because sin and selfishness, when we allow it, when we embrace it, it makes us angry and irritable and we stop listening to each other. And our guilt and shame that we experience when we let sin into our lives, it puts up barriers between us. We feel guilt and shame. We know these things aren't good. And if we let them in, they will control us. And James says, get rid of it. Burn it out. Run away from it. Let the word save you and bring you life. It's not about just listening, it's about how we can listen. When we are healthy, when we are free, we can see each other clearly and hear each other clearly. When we are filled with love, not hurt, joy, not insecurity and shame, we can listen, we can see. Our behavior matters because it impacts our heart. And he continues, and here comes the point that he's trying to make all through this whole letter. Verse 22, and it's our theme verse for this whole series. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The gospel is not an idea. It's not a philosophy. It's not a list of truths to memorize. It is life. It is alive because it is a person. The gospel is Jesus. And He desires for us to be transformed. Jesus desires to transform us. And so our behavior has to look different. The things we do has to change. We've said it before lots of times here in the church. But if we say we are followers of Jesus... What is the one thing we have to actually do? We have to actually follow him. We have to actually do something. Not on our own. Not on our own strength. But we have to move. Look what he says next here. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. No, it isn't. Did you hear that? Did you, have you ever thought about this? What is this metaphor? Listening but not doing is like looking in a mirror and not remembering what is he talking about it's a very strange example i don't know if this has ever stood out to you shouldn't it be something more like anyone who listens to the word but does not do it is like a disobedient child who doesn't do what his parents say or someone who reads a map and immediately forgets where they're going right doesn't that make more sense He's talking about listening and doing. It's about obedience, isn't it? Not looking in a mirror and forgetting what we look like. What kind of a strange example is that? And honestly, it's a question. Maybe I'm the only one who has this problem. And you all have just figured out a long time ago. But I've not understood this for a long time. This, I don't understand this metaphor that James uses. I've always thought it was such a strange way to try to describe what he's talking about. And honestly, I've thought maybe it's Some kind of ancient Israelite metaphor or prophecy that doesn't translate very well, or something, scripture can be confusing and hard to understand. It's hard to interpret. And so I was never really sure what James was trying to say here. Except he's right. He's right because he's not simply talking about obedience. He's talking about the power of the word. The true power of the gospel. Look at what he says again. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. He's not talking about our behavior, he's talking about our response to the word, to the gospel, to Jesus. Even when he's talking about our behavior, doing what it says, it's not about our behavior, it's about our heart. It's always about our heart. We don't try to do good things to please God to earn His favor, or to make ourselves feel like we're worthier, that God then owes us. It's because of the work of the Word, of the gospel of Jesus in our lives, transforming us, shaping us, molding us into the image of Jesus. Our behavior changes because He is changing us. It's not about trying harder. It's about seeing more clearly. James calls us to look into the Word like we're looking in a mirror. Letting the Word reveal to us who we are. Who God is. Who He created us to be The Word is a mirror because it shows us what is true. And if we don't do what it says, if our behavior doesn't change, it's like we looked in the mirror and we saw what God is showing us and then we went away and forgot what we saw. Because when we look in the mirror, we see our sin. When we look into Scripture, when we study it, when we let it reflect on us, we see our brokenness. We see our hurt and our shame, our lostness. As God reveals Himself and what He meant for us to be, we see what we've lost and we see what should be. And it's not just about looking in the mirror and just... Seeing the ugliness of our sin focusing on a terrible image being reflected back at us and becoming self-abasing and beating ourselves up more and more. Oh, I'm so awful, I'm so ugly, and my sin is so terrible. Now I'm going to go away and remember how terrible I am so I can follow God? No. We do need to remember our sin and our brokenness that our hearts are always drawn to evil and selfishness as James himself said earlier but we also need to see and reflect on that image in the mirror that is the image of God placed in you. The word reveals the image of God you were created to bear even when it's covered over. When the mirror is foggy, when it's broken, it's still there. God's image is still there. And the Word helps us to remember that. You were created to be more than this. And as we reflect in the Word, that shines through more and more. You are beautiful. You are powerful. You are created in the image of the infinite, eternal, all-powerful, all-loving author of life itself. And he loves you. And he sees you. And he cares about you. You have value. Eternal value. And he desires life for you. Abundant life. Life in the spirit, the word, word reveals these things to us. And reflecting on that truth, letting the word drive that reality home more and more deeply, will bring transformation and then will change your behavior. And if we just hear the words, We don't do what it says. It's it's like we looked in that mirror and God showed us who He is and what He wants for us. And then we just walked away and forgot what that looked like. It's a powerful metaphor. Powerful image, and it matters. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. God wants you to be transformed, and He wants you to see clearly what the life He has for you looks like. What he wants you to look like. Don't forget what God is showing you because we need it and the world needs to see it too. He goes on to end this chapter. Those who consider themselves religious. Yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues. Deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Our language, our words, is something that James draws a lot of attention to. He spends a lot of time talking about that in his letter. And all of this ties together because, again, he's not just talking about swearing. It's about being careless with our words, even in worship. Our words reflect our heart. They reveal what we believe and what we see. And if we remember that image, what the word has revealed to us again, he is connecting these ideas directly. It's not about just saying bad things, but keeping a tight rein on our tongues and speaking truth. Are you coming to church and singing these songs, telling people, I'll pray for you, acting holy, saying holy-sounding things, and then going home and living however you want, saying whatever you want, speaking of people however you want, tearing them down? We can say all the right things. We can lead Bible studies. We can even preach sermons. Are you speaking truth? Are you speaking honestly? We better mean it. We better be honest. Our our actions in our life better line up with what we're saying. And what we're saying better line up with the word. Keep a tight rein on your tongue and only say what you mean, what is good and what is true. And even better, as James started, maybe we should hush up a little bit. Be slow to speak and go and do something. Go and care for the widow and the orphan. Give, love, serve. We all love to talk about what we think should be done or how things should be done differently. Go and do it. Don't be polluted by the world. Bring some light into it. James is some deep water. And he has hard things for us to hear, important things, but don't just take my word for it. Look in the mirror. Hold the word up in front of yourself and reflect on it. Every day, look deep. What does God want you to see? What is he showing you? What are the good things in that picture? What are the bad things? What is he showing you about himself and what does he want for you? Study it. Memorize it. Every detail. So that when you look away, you remember what you saw. And together we can show the world the love and the grace and the mercy that we have received. Because they need it too. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this letter. We thank you for the wisdom that you've given James things that he saw and understood about the life of the church and for us as believers, the things that we need to understand and embrace. God, we ask your forgiveness when we don't take these things nearly as seriously as we should, God. We see in James's letter just how seriously he took following Jesus. How seriously he believed our lives were supposed to change. We pray that we would hunger for that transformation, God. We pray that we would be drawn to the mirror. That we would study it, God. That you would speak to us through your word. That we would see who you are and what you desire for us. And God, that when we walk away, that we would carry that with us. That it would change the way we see the things around us, the people around us. That we would be filled with love and hope compassion and mercy, grace, and a desire to serve, not just talk. God, we want to walk in your Spirit. We want to be led by your Spirit, and we want to do that together. We thank you that you are with us. Help us to follow Jesus well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.